Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Hello, friends. I'm your host, Chris Thrill. I'm a former Royal Marines commando. I've adventured for better and sometimes worse across 80 countries on all seven continents. Welcome to the Bought the T-Shirt podcast. Dane, how are you, sir? Good, Chris. Thank you for your willingness to address this most dire issue of what's occurring in our skies that too few people know about, let alone being willing to face. First off, it's absolutely my pleasure, Dane, and the thanks is all mine. What the hell they're doing to my sky and how people, you know, let's the masses, obviously, we're talking about cannot see that something is is i would say catastrophically wrong even if there's a simple explanation it's still my son is blocked out pretty much almost two-thirds of the year and for me dane the just it raises questions so we're here to talk about ge- geoengineering uh friends at home first off i want to ask dane how was your how did your interview uh or your podcast with, with robert f kennedy jr go and that's why i've invited today to talk to us dane wigginton who is the producer of the groundbreaking climate engineering documentary film the dimming it went well it was well received i think it's at about seven hundred fifty thousand views certainly we're grateful to mr kennedy for his willingness to address the issue and to put his substantial weight in in this subject. And I I certainly share your angst, Chris, about what's happening in our skies and how so many are so oblivious to it. It seems you could start the sky on fire and the vast majority wouldn't notice. But the gravity of what's taking place in our skies, the amount of materials it takes to blot out the sun in that way. And these are highly toxic materials, aluminum, barium, strontium, manganese, polymer fibers, graphene, the sheer tonnage of materials it takes to do that is staggering. And we've extrapolated that from precipitation tests over a specific U.S. state, which we haven't disclosed yet. But it appears the annual global dispersion of these highly toxic nanoparticles is somewhere in the range of 40 to 60 million tons annually. And we're breathing it all in, in our foods, waters, everything. So let's just go straight for the jugular then, Dane. So because everyone who's tuning in is dying to know, you know, what are chemtrails? It's a particulate dispersion. So that term, although descriptive, is the instant marginalization term. Just want to advise your listeners, if they're going to talk to an elected official or media, 
That is the term to avoid. That is their their uh, buzzword term to completely discredit the issue. If we stick to the climate science terms of geoengineering, climate engineering, solar radiation management, stratospheric aerosol injection, we cannot be marginalized so easily. And that that is a subject which the media can't marginalize, and we need to gain traction in this battle. So what we're talking about is not a condensation trail, as the public has been trained and taught and programmed to believe. These are particle dispersions, and we know that without question because we have taken the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration flying lab to altitude, top scientists in it. We sampled what heavy aircraft were emitting. We processed that sample at Rinster Polytechnic University in New York, internationally renowned, all on film, all on the record, all for your listeners to view on the film, The Dimming, which is on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. We posted that film the moment it was done for free to the public. We found exactly what we knew we would find nanoparticle dispersion starting with aluminum nanoparticles. So again, we're not seeing condensation. Condensation doesn't behave in this way, Chris. If you see researchers in Antarctica and their breath is condensing heavily, if they're standing in one place for 10 minutes, they don't have a cloud beginning to form above them. That's not what condensation does. Again, these are particle dispersions, much like you see in an, in an air show where we have jets dispersing smoke particles that leave exactly the same type of lingering trail. And that's exactly what we're seeing. And we have up close film footage of these aircraft at altitude, nozzles visible turning on and off, KC-10s, KC-135, C-17 Globemasters, and commercial aircraft are being utilized as well. We have up close photographs of their retrofit nozzles mounted on the wing pylons aimed at the exhaust jet stream to make this look like condensation. We're not implicating commercial personnel. I want to make that clear. They are not directly involved. We are working with some of them who know this is going on. They're trying to covertly bring attention to the issue by leaving our printed booklets and our printed materials in pilot lunchrooms and so forth. But the commercial personnel are not directly involved. Their aircraft are absolutely being utilized. And we also know on top of this, the Department of Defense in the U.S. is leasing hundreds of commercial aircraft with commercial markings. Why? So again, there's many layers to this issue, but the fact that this is not condensation we see in our skies, that it is a sprayed particulate dispersion, part of solar radiation management operations, it's beyond question. Yes, I mean, like I said at the beginning, Dane, you, you cannot not see this. Um, I have the benefit, benefit of age, so I'm 54 now, and I remember the, the, the contrails as, as, as a child. You'd see a beautiful, beautiful blue sky, like the likes of which we no longer see, except mm-hmm. during the lockdown. We got during the lockdown here in the UK, or certainly the Southwest, we got those beautiful, rich blue skies back because nothing was flying. The rest of the year is this. Well, you know, I'm obviously talking to the choir here, but for those people that are wondering what this is about, it's when you see this milky sky that even when you think the sky is clear, it's not it's it it's there there's this haze all the time and um there's a lot of stuff going on here dan i've spoken to pilots about it they're just absolutely scoff uh i'd say cuz they're probably younger than me and they don't remember the good old <laughs> the good old contrails um that 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 don't behave in this manner but we get them the the we get so many pla- planes going over. We're not on any 
flight path that I know of. We're not near any major uh, airports where I am. We have one airport here in my city. They shut it down. The nearest one, um, 25 miles away, something like this. And yet all day long, there's planes in the sky, certainly in the mornings. Sometimes there's about six to eight flying at the same time. These uh, trails always seem to turn on as they get to the city. Um, And by the end of the day, they're no longer what you could mistake for a contrail. They've spread. And in the evening, sometimes you can still see the the remnants of the one you saw um, coming out of the aeroplane in the morning. So the notion is, Dane, that the equipment is on commercial aircraft. It's just the pilots are oblivious to this. And what? What are we saying? It's operated remotely? Absolutely. And do you remember, Chris, when the suddenly the luggage you carry on the plane was a big deal? They were worried about the weight. You were limited to the amount of luggage you could carry on. And that's about the time when the commercial industry was more utilized for these operations, we feel. They carry a much smaller payload and we we do see a different type of dispersion behind, behind the commercial aircraft as compared to, for example, a military tanker like a KC-135. But that's about the time when these operations appeared to also be incorporated into commercial aircraft. And again, for the pilots to deny, that's no different than the medical industry that claims certain procedures are, quote, safe and effective when the statistics say otherwise. So it's we have that sort of adamant denial of those that are in these industries that whose paychecks and pensions depend on them towing the line. And even for some of them, ideologically, the fact that they're involved in this is just simply too much for them to consciously face. I would also consider that a part of the equation. But again, the fact that this is going on, let's, let's backtrack a bit. Many would ask this question, why would they, quote, those in power, ultimately those who print the money, who are responsible for funding militaries, that's they're responsible for running countries. It's those who control the central banking industry or at the top of this food chain. Why would they do this to themselves? And let's look at all they've done to themselves already. Because many people, that's that's a hurdle for them. They can't they can't accept that those in power would do this to themselves, but they already have, haven't they? We have Fukushima, triple nuclear meltdown, no technology to fix it, no end in sight. That by itself is an extinction level event if other factors don't do the job first, which I would argue will be the case on the current course. But we're building 60 more nuke plants right now. We have 442 of them online. I'm, I'm pointing out that with societal collapse, which is now a given, it's inevitable. On the current trajectory, it is, it is absolutely unavoidable. We'll have 442 nuke plants that will go into meltdown, 442 Fukushimas, and we're building 60 more. We had those in power detonating 2,400 nuclear bombs to test them around the world that contaminated everything. They did it anyway. We have Project Starfish Prime. If your listeners don't know what that is, that's the U.S. operations detonating hydrogen bombs in the magnetosphere. They had no idea what that would do. They thought it could collapse the atmosphere, but they did it anyway. And we're still dealing with the repercussions from that. So we're not dealing with sanity. We're dealing with the headless, heartless, soulless cancer that has no regulation on it whatsoever. And its objective is power and control to the brutal bitter end. So for those that want to excuse this issue away because, quote, they wouldn't do this to themselves, that doesn't hold water. They already have. And ultimately, to 
and we're not dealing with sanity with those in power again psychoanalysis and this is right from the manual on the profiles of those in power they have an, a common characteristic and that's a near total lack of comprehension as to the consequences of their actions even to themselves we are not dealing with sanity so the sooner the public wakes up to the fact that we cannot hide from what's happening in our skies we're inhaling this with every breath we take in fact chris we just got peer-reviewed study to confirm and polymer fibers again a part of this mix they're a part of climate engineering patents they're used to help elevate these particles in the atmosphere longer we now know from peer-reviewed study that on average we are inhaling enough plastic to make a credit card every single week. That is, that is almost impossible to believe for people. I challenge them to look at the study. That's a recent peer-reviewed study. And if your listeners, and I'll stop at this, if they go outside on a, on a still night after these aerosol operations are ongoing, the skies are hazy, Find a dark place with no light pollution. Take the brightest light you can find, brightest flashlight you can find. Aim it straight at the sky and look straight up through that beam. And you, ha you have to see it to believe it. You can't see this during the daytime, but you can see it at night under these conditions. It looks like you're in a snowstorm. There's so much particulate matter coming down on us. So, uh, again, um, it's very insidious. And people have come to accept it because it's come on so slowly. As you say, the blue skies are gone. We now see this haze every single day, and that takes a lot of particulate matter to do that, and we're breathing it all in, being absorbed in everything in the web of life. Gosh, Dane, there's so much I want to um, to ask you. Uh, so let's um, – I just want to back up your point. Is, um, this uh, <laughs> this parasite class, if we can call them that, is, is – they yes. don't care. They don't care what happens, and they they play the long game. Uh, this is my belief. They 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 have their you know their new world order, and they know they're not going to see it come to fruition. But they somehow they get their gratification by being this um, sociopathic uh, uh, part of it. I just want to chip that in for our our more uh, deeper deeper thinkers out there. Um, You're correct in that. If I could elaborate on that, I mean, I certainly agree with you on that point. The problem we face is that we're to a degree between the hammer and the anvil, a clinically insane global power structure and a population as a whole, with some exceptions, that's completely and totally asleep at the wheel that not only doesn't know, but doesn't want to know, doesn't want to know what's happening. They want the personal paradigm party to continue, their personal pursuits of pleasure to continue at any cost to anything. And again, with, with this type of data, especially with what's happening in our skies, and I know this after 20 years of slogging, over 20 years in this battle, that the vast majority simply don't want to know. And even the few that might acknowledge it are not willing to do anything to try to help turn this tide. So we're, again, caught between the hammer and the anvil, and we, we need to convey to populations, and they won't have a choice but to face this fact soon, that we are in a literal, immediate, near-term fight for life. If what's happening in our skies continues, we won't be around much longer. The planet's life support systems are failing, and that's another factor in, in where populations, some that are awakened to the climate engineering issue, want to convince themselves that that's the only problem with the planet and the climate, and that also doesn't build bridges in this battle. Because we've been very, very poor stewards of the planet. How could anyone rationally argue that? We've 
cut down the forest. We've paved the planet. We're going through 100 million barrels of carbon fuel a day, 23 million tons of coal a day. That's all a problem. But when you climate engineer on top of that, you're preventing the planet from responding to that damage done. And now you really have a problem. And, and again, this, there's, I want to make this clear too, Chris. There's nothing benevolent in these programs. The stated purpose, solar radiation management, is to block some of the sun's incoming thermal energy to slow down a runaway climate collapse scenario. But what else does that do? It destroys the ozone layer. It traps more heat than it deflects, so it's actually warming the planet overall. It alters upper layer wind currents. That alters ocean currents. Now we have warm ocean currents pushing into the Arctic, which is thawing methane. We have massive methane expulsions happening in the Arctic. Your listeners should search Siberian methane craters and look at the images. You have to see those to believe them. Looks like nuclear bomb detonations on the tundra, these massive explosions of methane going into the atmosphere because it's warming. Climate engineering making all of that worse, not better, in the attempt to mask the problem from populations and, and this is key, to use weather as a weapon, covert weapon of the controllers, a weapon with which they can bring populations to their knees without those populations ever even knowing they're under assault and they can blame it all on nature. And on top of all that, these toxic elements are degrading populations, making populations literally dumber by the day. We have IQs dropping in one generation in the U.S., 8 to 13 points. That's staggering. We're, we're inhaling neurotoxins. Aluminum is a neurotoxin. Mercury is a neurotoxin. And when you combine those two, you get synergistic toxicity, which can increase the overall toxicity as much as 10,000%, a hundred times worse when you combine those two metals. So by degrading populations, they're less likely to understand what's going on, let alone to be able to stand against it. All of these factors combine, all many layers in this process, none of them bode well for the human race. You just touched there, Dane. Can we just go back to that? You, you, I think with the, uh, these, um, let's call them opportunists, uh, they they don't just have like one agenda. They have the agenda and they've crammed in five different, you know, mm-hmm. it's a bit like after what happened in New York and Washington 20 years ago. You didn't just get one law come out. You got like five new laws and passport and da 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 and air, airports doing this and you know, um, 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 acts going through parliament and this kind of stuff. You just said that they're doing this to cover up the, the, the damage that's already been done. Did I get that right? Yes. And in the process, inflicting yet more damage, much like the pharmaceutical quote treatment for the human body. How many of those commercials do we see? We see them here in the U S I mean, it's every other commercial take this new pharmaceutical for this symptom. And by the way, here's the side effects. Here's 20 or 30 side effects that are exponentially worse than what it claims to treat. And and yet they push those products, people take those products, and it's the same mentality here to try to mask the severity of what's unfolding. And let me give you a prime example of how they mask that. They're doing it to the the Pacific Northwest right now and, and parts of the East Coast. As they push moisture into a region, they seed those clouds with endothermic reacting chemicals. It's called chemical ice nucleation for weather modification. That creates an energy absorbing reaction in that cloud moisture, creates a cold dense layer of air that descends to the surface, drops the surface temperature, sometimes radically. In fact, we see, we've seen in Denver, Colorado, 
every year during the last five or six years in the spring, they'll, they, their temperatures have gone from all-time record highs in the mid-80s Fahrenheit to single digits in less than 24 hours. I, that's Nature does not do that. Nature can't do that. That's a chemical ice nucleation surface cool down. And we have the, the patents for these procedures. We're not guessing. We have the Chinese government openly announcing they were engineering winter weather with the same processes. Fox News covered it, Popular Science, MSNBC, The Guardian, all of them. If your listeners search Chinese scientists engineer snowstorms, they'll find this. So this is exactly what they're doing to skew the perception of populations that how could the planet be warming when we have these flash cool downs and flash freezes. We had 100,000 cattle die in South Dakota in 2013 in the same type of operation while it was 85 degrees and raining in Chicago, 89 degrees and raining in Kansas City, not far from South Dakota. How could you possibly have 100,000 cattle die in a snowstorm in South Dakota where it started snowing at 40 degrees? That's the chemical reaction starts at much higher temperatures than would normally happen in nature. And it drops these temperatures down. It's a, it's a, a very, very intense biting cold because it's a chemical freeze. The cows, it, it, it adheres to their snouts and it, they can't, if they can't breathe through their nose, they won't breathe through their mouth. They die. And so you had hundred thousand cattle dead two days later, laying in the mud, no, no frozen material left, just hundred thousand cattle dead. And that, that's just one example of an event that they use but people see this, the media hypes it, 100,000 cattle die in flash snowstorm. And even though there's nothing natural about that event, it creates the perception that it must not be that warm because look at this event that just happened. So, and in stating this and acknowledging that the planet's not just warming, it's in total meltdown. That is not in any way an advocation of any of the so-called environmental groups of Al Gore, of all these hypocritical organizations that will not acknowledge climate engineering. They are the epitome of hypocrisy, criminal hypocrisy. So I, I wanna make that clear. I have great disdain for all of them, but that doesn't mean that this isn't real. And also if I could, before I forget to lose this point, Chris, many people see the disaster capitalism occurring here. They see many people making money off climate everything. And so they construe that, well, if someone's making money off it, it must not be real. And that's a mistake because we see the same entities in regard to those involved with central bankers. We see them profiting off of conflict, off of war, even off of both sides of the conflict, going all the way back to Prescott Bush, Granddad Bush, profiting off both sides of World War II. But does that mean that the battle didn't happen? Does that mean the war didn't happen? Does that mean people didn't die? No. So we have to sift the baby from the bathwater here in that we have a very, very inarguably damaged planet. We have plankton populations down 90% in the Atlantic. We have global fisheries, pelagic fish populations, the food fish down 90% globally, 90. Insect populations down 80 to 90%. Wildlife populations down 70% in the last 40 years alone. The planet is crashing. Ozone layer, we're getting UVC on the surface now. That's collapsing climate engineering, core causal factor there. So what I'm saying is people need to sift through this and and not to throw parts out that they ideologically don't like because someone's profiting off it. it it's all a part of the equation. It all needs to be considered. Yes. Dane, I'm just going to throw some, um, uh, some stuff out here just because it's all milling around in my mind. But just to go back to your point, if you look at the rivers now, the ri- I, I was a fisherman as a kid or a fisher kid, 
uh, you know, the rivers were full of trout and the salmon would come up every year. Now it's, it's there's 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 none. You have to stand there for ages just to see one or two. Um, and also, when we used to drive in this country, if you went on a distance drive, it it was the thing that when you got to the other end, you had to clean your your windshield off. You know, it was plastered with bugs, and you rate the car radiator the same. And that doesn't happen. Um, you know, this doesn't happen anymore. Going back to uh, the thing I was saying about this multi, you know, they, they never just do one thing for one reason. And as you said there, it's to uh, blot out the sun to prevent the climate change that's already been caused by their their, their industrial methods. Is, did I get that bit right? You're, that's that's close to the mark. And again, it's not to el- eliminate or mitigate that warming. It's simply to mask it at the cost of making it worse at the same time. Yeah. So yeah. we know climate intervention operations were first fully deployed after World War II. So you might remember, Chris, that during the 70s, and many people tout this, the climate scientists stated we might be heading into an ice age. They didn't know why the planet wasn't still warming at the same rate. They didn't know climate engineering was going on. So what you have is you had a, a, a planet that was on a trajectory for warming on the graph almost straight up at the end of World War II, but suddenly, inexplicably, it leveled off, at least statistically. And we can't know how much of that was the actual initial effect of climate engineering and how much was statistical falsification. But they started climate engineering over the polar regions first. That would have had a profound effect initially before the negative effects of climate engineering kicked in and and fully manifested. So we had a leveling off of that rising of temperatures, which threw the climate science community for a loop because, again, climate engineering wasn't acknowledged as being a part of the equation. They still don't acknowledge it. But then the negative effects begin to kick in. Ozone destruction, disruption of the hydrological cycle, contamination of the entire planet. And now and a continued, again, saturation of the atmosphere with the result of going through so much carbon fuel. All of it's a part of the problem. So we have temperatures going straight up again. And by 1998, the warmest year ever recorded up to that point, we had a doubling down of climate engineering. And Chris, that's when they incorporated the climate change term. Instead of global warming, they switched to climate change. Why? Because they knew they would be using so much chemical ice nucleating operations, creating these weather whiplash flash cooldowns, And they wanted that to appear to be part of, quote, climate change, which it is not. That's a result of climate engineering operations. Hmm. So they they simply incorporate the terms just like the the pharmaceutical industrial complex does when they coin some new acronym term for some condition that then makes it legitimate because they've they've labeled it, and they did the same thing here. So again, the fact that they can conduct these operations on this scale with the population being totally oblivious, and the so-called science community which I have so much disdain for at this point. And I know so many of these people that don't have any courage whatsoever. People I know, people I've been in the field with, USDA soil scientists, Cal Fire scientists, uh, measuring insect populations and soil peach values. And they look at me sheepishly and say, what do you want us to do about it? I want you to stand up, man up, tell the truth. So you can look in the mirror and face your own image. So you can look at your children and, and not turn away tell the truth. They won't do it. They won't do it. Mm. Their paychecks and pensions are too important to them. So I'm sorry to rant and ramble, but I want to make clear we face near-term existential 
threats from this issue. And near term doesn't mean centuries. It doesn't mean decades. On the current trajectory, we will be lucky to make the end of this decade. And that is a statistical, mathematical certainty, as you pointed out with the insects. No insects, no people. 80 to 90% decline now. No plankton, no people, no trees, no people. We, we lost in Canada alone this year. I wish I could give you this to in, in kilometers squared, but I'll give it to you in, in miles squared. Mm. Canada has so far lost about 70,000 miles of forest this year alone since May. That's bigger than the state of Florida. All that has gone into the atmosphere as well. All that's further destroying the ozone layer. It's adding to the blanket of heat. And paradoxically, if your listeners search this report, Chris, very important report, because the fires are directly related to climate engineering, not so much climate change, which again is all these factors, including climate engineering, but climate engineering is being used to intentionally set the template for these fires to burn to mimic the short-term temporary uh, toxic cooling effects of volcanic eruptions by putting so much smoke in the atmosphere, it temporarily cools certain regions. And that's how desperate they are if your listeners search wildfires serve geoengineering agenda, they'll find peer-reviewed science study advocating for the intentional incineration of northern latitude forests and southern latitude forests like in Australia to provide temporary cooling by mimicking the short-term cooling effects of volcanoes. How desperate and dangerous is that? Yes. Yes, we've seen a lot of fires, haven't we? Um, uh Yes. And, and the short, if I could clarify the one more, just to clarify, the source of ignition is a separate subject. Any coordination arson effort can accomplish that. What matters is what's setting the template for these fires to burn with such ferocity. And that is climate engineering, cutting off the precipitation, these toxic materials, poison soil microbiome and root systems causing the trees to die from the bottom up. The destroyed ozone layer is, is is baking foliage from the top down, drying it out. And we have an incendiary dust. All these particles are an incendiary. Aluminum is used in demolitions. It's so effective at an incendiary. And we have this dust settling over forest foliage and forest floors. All that's covered in the, in the video I mentioned. But again, it's, it's what is setting the template for these fires to burn with such ferocity all over the world. Yes, yes, I, I, I get it. And I get your point about the... Uh you know, different viewpoints behind these fires. Um, it, it's important to focus on the, uh, the the long-term aims behind them, as you say. What um, th There's another thing going on here. I've got to be really careful what I say here, uh, Dane. And that is also, you know, just imagine I, uh, off the top of my head, you had a population that started to experience a respiratory disorder um, and you're breathing in metal particles all day long, that would be one, one that would be a point of concern for me. In addition, uh, if you have electromagnetism in, in the environment and I, I can't say what I actually want to say because we're not allowed to on certain platforms, but you know, like a sort of grid system. Um, I would imagine that's going to kind of react very badly as well with your, if, if you've got a lung full of metal 
and you're going past let's just call them microwaves i would have thought that's not gonna um end well and then in addition i've written something else um well there's also the fact that surely if you fill people full of uh metal they're then going to show you know they're then going to um show up on the various technologies that could could be employed to see where you are 24 7 um i'm just throwing this out there folks if you can you know elaborate on what i'm saying put it in in the comments below because i'd be fascinated to hear um and then the other thing dane another angle of this um and i'm not saying this is definite folks i'm just saying this is how my mind works is if you're destroying uh plants that grow naturally say farmers crops doesn't this open up the door for gmo companies to say hey look we've got a super seed here um and if you want to grow this crop in the future the 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 old seeds are no longer going to work in this soil so you need to have this one is is could that be a factor you're correct on all counts everything you just outlined is correct let me back into that on the gmo seeds Yes, completely correct. We have Monsanto engineering drought resistant and aluminum resistant seeds. Why would they need that if not for these programs? So you're completely correct on that count on the respiratory issues, the inflammation of a respiratory system. Every other commercial here in the U.S. is something to do with breathing, asthma, COPD, allergy, every other commercial, literally. And nobody asks the question, what's going on? We have no official testing for these particulates because they are so small in the nanoparticulate range that there is no official air quality testing even looking for them, let alone disclosing them. So when we know the smaller the particle, the more harmful it is, no matter what that particle is, doesn't matter what substance it is. But now we're dealing with very, very toxic substances. Again, aluminum, barium, strontium, manganese. And on top of this, we have the world's Second most recognized climate engineer, Dr. Ken Caldera, former U.S. Department of Defense scientist. We have an audio of him stating on the record what he did for the DOD was to design methods of spraying pathogens into clouds to infect the populations below. That sounds very diabolical, doesn't it? And it's, he's stating it in his words. Within the tests, our last several hundred rain tests contained also graphene as well, in addition to polymer fibers. We know in the case of those two substances, they are used militarily for biological warfare operations to carry a pathogen from the clouds to the ground. That's certainly alarming. So we, we have, again, so many layers being carried out here, none of them in the interest of populations who simply seem to want to remain oblivious to what's going on in our skies. And I, I can't stress enough, compile everything we've covered even already, crash of the web of life on every level, what we're breathing, destruction of the Earth's protective atmospheric layers, which again makes us even more vulnerable to nuclear cataclysm because if we, if we disintegrate the planet's protective layers, starting with the ozone layer, we have a massive CME, a coronal mass ejection, solar flare, and that shuts down grids around the world. Now we have nuclear plants everywhere, hundreds of them that can't cool themselves. Now we have Fukushima times several hundred game over again. So from every direction also, 
it's important to consider that the walls are closing in on all of us. This paradigm will not last much longer. And what makes those in power even more dangerous, Chris, is as we reach that point where the public is forced to awaken, forced to realize that this paradigm was never sustainable, it's over, we've been under assault from every conceivable direction from those in power. At that moment, I would argue those in power will likely play much bigger cards. And they are openly discussing in circles of Washington the quote benefit of a limited nuclear weapon exchange to put even more particulate matter in the atmosphere to again mimic the temporary cooling effects of a volcano. That's how myopic their vision is. If they do that, if there's any nuclear exchange at all that will strip away with ionizing radiation, what's left of the atmosphere, game over, we're done. So that's, that's how close we are. And under any scenario, I would argue collapse is imminent at this point. Now, the question is, can we change the, the flavor of the coming impact? Dane, I'm going to try and keep this shorter rather than longer, simply because I want more people to wa- watch it. Um, although I could chat you all all night long, I'm just going to fire some um, some questions that uh, my team and our wonderful friends out there uh, sent in. What one of them was asking is: some of these planes are are they kind of drone planes? Are they remote remote control? We can't know. Certainly that technology exists, but we have no reason to believe the pilots would not willingly fly them either. Uh, I give the Vietnam Agent Orange scenario as an example, uh, with those pilots certainly willing to engage in spraying not only civilians, but their own populations. Uh, we have, whether it's a drone pilot or someone operating a drone on the ground, the mentality is the same. So Either way, it's wrong. What they're doing is wrong, and they should know it's wrong. So we we can't know, but that is certainly a possibility, Chris. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, is there anything that we can do to protect ourselves? I mean, ironic, (laughs) ironically, masks are coming into my head, which is something I've avoided, uh, certainly avoided wearing for three years. But is there any kind of detox? Is there any sort of supplements people could be taking? Yes, because we are constantly exposed to these particulates. And that's, again, not guessing. It's not speculation or theory or hypothesis. We know from lab testing, it's necessary to constantly chelate these elements out of our system to keep them moving through our system. We have a report at geoengineeringwatch.org titled, I believe, Staying healthy in a world that isn't, that outlines some of this. They can talk to nutritionalists about heavy metal chelation. That's something that needs to be done carefully. If you do too much too fast, you can free up too much of these particulates and do more harm than good. But a a diet of constant chelation is necessary. And many of these chelating agents, even vitamin C and calcium, are necessary anyway. And with elements like aluminum, If your body doesn't have enough of other key elements, it can mistakenly substitute an element like aluminum in its stead in in various parts of the body, which is obviously harmful. So chelation is necessary and it is constant. And this, I want to stress this, the contamination is absolutely ubiquitous. I don't care where people are. If they they haven't taken note of these trails, they think they're somehow in a place where it's not happening. The contamination is absolutely ubiquitous. We have peer-reviewed study, recent peer-reviewed study now confirming that 
Every single drop of rain anywhere on the planet, including North Pole, South Pole, top of Mount Everest, all contaminated with PFAS forever chemicals, all of it. And that's not even taking into account the climate injuring elements. So there's nowhere to hide. There's nowhere to hide. Yeah, I mean, just for friends out there, if you're in any doubt, uh, this summer I um, had the pleasure of hosting several several of my uh, Marine buddies or guys that I joined the Marines with. And um, we were in the back garden. And because uh, because we, I guess, we put a tent up, brand, brand new tent for them to, you know, they could choose to stay in it. And um, you got to remember, we haven't seen each other for, well, what two two of us had but uh you know we we hadn't seen one of the guys for 30 odd 35 years and we're all sat there and the subject turns to this and like everybody was just all four of us wet well aware well aware of it you know we we've, we've all done the research experienced this uh bizarre phenomenon or or hideously evil phenomenon we should say and then, funny enough, we were we were looking at this tent, tiny dots of sil of 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 it looks like silver crystal, all um, du- dusting this tent, Dane. Um, you could run your you could sort of run your hand along it, and it was, yeah. So, uh, you know, you can say I'm someone that doesn't need uh, uh, doesn't need convincing. What can we do? And I just want to chip in here because people ask me this a lot, Chris, and I'm very big on, uh, I, I talk a lot about spiritual battle. Um, as part of that, like, like I try to live fearlessly. Well, I, I pretty much do. I, I won't pay, you know, maybe it's a TV company that want money to watch their service. That's kind of a big thing in the, in, in the UK. I'm not going to fund them. Not, not when they're, they're a, a part of this agenda. Uh, I'm not going to vote in a, you know, in in what I call the matrix and a corrupt system. Uh, what I will do is um, share this information. Um, it's some would say it's a, a a bit of a painful process, but. Um, I don't see it like that. I see it the way Dane said, like I, I can look myself in the mirror. I did, you know, if you bring kids into this world, you, you should do anything you can to stand up for them and their, and, and their future. Um, so that's just a couple of examples, Dane, of what, you know, what I do as well as, you know, I do an awful lot of other stuff to keep my, my, um, my wet you know my welfare tip top uh, and i don't live in fear i just that's another one folks you know just i think the spreading of the fear i think the same uh, individuals that are behind these the, the, you know this agenda absolutely love to suck the energy out 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 of people they 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 love it when people are in fear so that's just a few examples, Dane, of what 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 I'm telling people. What would you like people to do? With you on all points, starting from the final point, no fear. The only thing we should fear is taking our last breath and not being at the post 
we should have been at and doing what we should have been doing. And, and as you correctly stated, we all have an obligation to make a difference for the better, not just simply to loot, plunder, pillage, and pollute until nothing's left. But when you have children, I fully, fully agree with you. At that point, you do not own your life. You owe it to them. You owe it to the whole, period. So bottom line is, life is a seasonal occupation at best. What do you want to be found doing when that season comes to an end? And I would argue if you're doing your best to do your best, doing what's right because it's right, no matter how long the odds are against us, that is a life well lived. That is a story that ends well, no matter what. And how do you play this grand game of chess effectively and efficiently? You share credible data from a credible source. You don't go out in the street, point the sky and start ranting. You share tangible information with data, photos. We try to provide that at geoengineeringwatch.org. We provide printable files so people can print our flyers wherever they're at and circulate those. You can share a link to the dimming. That's the most comprehensive documentary on this issue by far. We have interviews with Air Force generals, former Canadian Minister of Defense, former U.S. Presidential Cabinet members, former government scientists, all the testing I described earlier, all in that film. You can send that link to the authors of environmental articles, to agricultural groups, to elected officials. Send them that link. It's good to CC others in that, to openly CC. So that in the case of an elected official, for example, so that he sees or that he sees that many of his constituents are involved in this conversation, it makes them more accountable. But you, you can send that link out. All of this you can do from home for free. Send out these flaming arrows of awareness. Start a spot fire of awareness. And as we have enough spot fires, Chris, and they merge into a blaze that can't be put out, we'll bring this issue to light. If we can bring it to light, we would cause a shockwave all over the world. No question as populations realize what's been done to them without their knowledge or consent. If we can accomplish that, if we can find a way to stop what's happening in our skies, allow the planet to respond on its own to the damage already done, we would at least buy time. And that's worth fighting for. The Dimming, incredible documentary, folks. We'll put a link for it below. Is that a, that's a kind of... Um, uh, is anyone welcome to upload that to their website and the social medias? We don't have the uh, licensing ability to grant that permission, but we we openly encourage, and that's because of footage in the, in that film. So we, we mm. I, I can't uh, officially state that, um, but we encourage them to share the link. And again, we we have made it's that on, film available. It's on your YouTube, isn't it? It's, it's on the YouTube. Yeah. It's top of the homepage. We made the film available for free the moment it was done. Yeah. So it's not about monetary anything for any of us involved in this fight from our end. It's simply uh, we're doing as much as we can with what we have to work with. And it was uh, uh, footage we needed and licensing issues. And we, we have certain restrictions, but um, it's not about monetization. But that link is there, again, for anybody for free to share. And we encourage people to do that. Yes. Can people donate to your work through through the website? Because this, this stuff gets expensive. We never solicit ever. I spent my entire SEP IRA account on this fight because I won't need it where we're heading. And that's, again, that's crucial for people to understand. The paradigm that we've been led to believe is going to go on forever is in its death throes right now. So I, I exhausted my resources on that, on this issue. But we do have a means on the website if people want to 
contribute. All of that goes into the front line of the fight. We circulate materials, printed materials throughout the U.S. We have 27 radio stations in the U.S. that we pay for out of pocket, all commercial free, non-political. So again, I, I want to stress that there's no ads anywhere on, on what we do. We have our weekly broadcast, Global Alert News, which is posted at geoengineeringwatch.org also, but 27 AM and FM stations throughout the U.S., commercial-free hour, as fast-moving, as much data as you can possibly fit in an hour. And people are tuning in, Chris, because they're not used to hearing that. They're used to hearing political talking heads that go in circular conversations for two or three hours. You don't know that they said anything of meaning about anything that matters. And, and our hour is, again, zero commercials, as much as you can pack into an hour of the threats that literally hold our future in the balance. So we are getting a great response. That's where our resources go for efforts like that. We're doing our best to put the rubber to the road in every way we can. Dane, stay on the line just so after I push the record, I, I can give you an extra special thank you. Um, but not just thank you for me for, for uh, as a personal thank you, but I thank you on behalf of all of our wonderful um, friends out there that support the channel. I want to finish. Um, friends out there, please do the like and subscribe thing, and let's just try and get the, this message out. But much love to you and much, much thanks to you for watching. And this is a very special comment here. Dane, I asked um, the good people out there what they wanted to say to you. And I'm going to finish on this comment. It's from Love Sees. Please thank him for his integrity and courage. Hear, hear. Thank you, Dane. Thank you, Chris, and my deepest gratitude to you and all your followers for standing with us in this battle. It's our collective efforts that can yet make a difference. That's absolutely uh, our pleasure. Thank you. Friends, thank you for listening to the Bought the T-Shirt podcast. Please like, subscribe, and share. And don't forget to follow me on social media. Username, Chris Thrall. Instagram, Chris.Thrall. Thank you. You love podcasts, the stories, the laughs, the unexpected turns. But when this episode ends, the silence starts. Not anymore. Audiobooks.com turns that silence into your next great adventure. With over 450,000 titles, from bestsellers to hidden gems, your love for listening just found its new best friend. And because you already know the joy of audio, we're giving you three free audiobooks to start your journey. Imagine your favorite podcast, now with unlimited episodes. That's audiobooks.com. Keep the story going. Sign up for your free trial at audiobooks.com slash podcast free today. Because for podcast lovers like you, the end of an episode is just the beginning. That's audiobooks.com slash podcast F-R-E-E.